Welcome to the STL Soccer Report, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. All right, welcome to the show, everybody. It is the STL Soccer Report. This is Phil, and I've got Spencer right next to me. Uh, I was uh, was a little bit lazy last week and didn't get a podcast out, even though I said I was going to. Uh, but here we are. We're going to talk about two games today, as well as a few other things like different players um, and also the Open Cup. So that's what's on the schedule today. But first, Spencer, how's how are it going, you doing, guys? Man? Doing all right. How are you? Doing good. Uh, I forgot to ask you how your week's been, but um, I know you're probably looking forward to going back to one of the places you've lived in your life to see OCB. Yes. Um, I'll be going down there on Wednesday, coming back Sunday. I won't be making the MLS game, but I will be going to the St. Louis FC and the Orlando City B team at their brand new stadium. Yeah, and they're playing where Orlando City plays, right? Right, yeah, in the, downtown the in the same stadium. So I'm more excited to see the stadium. <laughs> just I know you got to see it when you were down there and watched that game. But yeah, I'm excited just to be able to go see our team, hopefully win three points on the road. Yeah, I mean, you should be. Like like I said, it's a really cool stadium and, and blocks away. I just walked and met some guy from St. Louis, actually, to get some beers after. And it's it's a good part of town. It's good. Nice. So uh, I'm excited for you to go see that. And uh Hopefully we'll have a good game down there. Are you bringing any family with you? Um, my girlfriend is coming down there with me, and then the two of my best friends that I'm staying with down there are also going to come to the game. So hopefully I'll get some cool pictures, and we'll see how that goes. Definitely. That'll be a good time. Um, it's going to be pretty hot down there, probably. It was supposed to be like hot, humid, and rainy, I think, on Thursday and Friday, but now it just looks like it's just going to be hot and humid. Like Florida <laughs> always is. Exactly. And it'll, of course, rain on you at some point. Exactly. Right, <laughs> right on, man. Okay, cool. Well, let's uh, let's jump right in, because uh, I was just saying, if we get enough done today, actually, I'm going to try to stick an interview from a long time ago and during preseason uh, I interviewed Ivan Mirkovic and uh, Sebastian Dalgard, uh, both injured. So that's actually what we're going to talk <laughs> about first here. Stop interviewing people. They keep getting injured. Yeah, maybe it's my fault. Uh, Tyler, David, you might be next because that's my last oh. interview. <laughs> I don't I shouldn't even say it. It sounds wrong. Uh, but yeah, let's let's talk about we're going to list off all the injuries we have going right now just to kind of set the tone. Right. Exactly. Because, let's start with that. Yeah, because that's just it's really what what this team is is dealing with right now. I'd say it's forefront on our minds when we go to a game just like have no idea what the lineup's going to be uh based on these injuries so the longest worst injury is Ivan Mirkovic who is out for months at this point right with, yeah with well, I think broken... we agreed mid-June okay hopefully according to the timeline mm-hmm. so we've got we've lost him Stoikov obviously didn't play this last game. He's out for two to three weeks. Uh, what did you say he's got? Um, it sounded like from them alluding to different stuff, it sounds like it was a back. I don't know if he pulled something or just tweaked it. I mean, I'm not a pro athlete, but I've tweaked my back picking up groceries or something like that. So <laughs> I can't imagine tweaking your back and trying to run on it. So. Exactly. I was I was helping someone at work by holding something up the other day. And yeah, I tweaked something doing just that, <laughs> <laughs> like holding something not heavy uh, up above my head. Um, so Sebastian Dalgard is out about the same amount of time. I think that's a hamstring is what we. Yeah, I guess that's what we heard last time. Um, he like I said, he came up limp in that one game. So we're hoping to see him back in a couple games. Yeah, but um, some guys that we're expecting back soon um some relief maybe coming soon is uh sheldon might he be was back. the one that twisted his ankle so i mean that was what the uh, week before the fc 
game, I think. So, I mean, uh, he should be back. What is that? That's almost two weeks for a sprained ankle. Seems about right. So yeah. hopefully we'll see him back. Yeah. And then um, Plua, who's been on the bench, but also they said we had no other choice. But right. To put but him he on wasn't. The bench. I don't remember. I don't think he was on the bench this game. Right. No, that's a lie. He was. I saw him warming up at oh, okay. randomly during the game. But again, I, th- I don't know if that's because... He's good enough he could play, or again, in the words of Precky, we had no one else. <laughs> Lucky fan, number in section 132, row yeah. 7, you are now the backup the defender. Four center back, yeah. <laughs> um, but someone else who's coming back is Grinwis is coming back, our backup goalkeeper. He was um, on the bench, saw him. Oh, okay, he was. I talked to him, yeah. Good. Um, I asked him how he was feeling, he said good. He said he thought he could play, but concussion protocol they take that real seriously so oh, good but he, to be honest with you i didn't i've been wondering what the usl concussion protocol is so there is one yes the, is, he said there is one and he had to keep going through testing that's step one people so that's that's a good thing that usl is on top of that probably smart for lawsuits honestly, do they have a biting so. protocol yet hey we'll get there we'll get there pal uh milan's been out um with groin problems on and off and so i guess that's why we haven't been seeing him because i i've honestly been missing seeing him on the pitch on game day. Um, and then last but not least, Kabaseta, uh got some playing time at the end of this game with Charlotte. So I think he played seven or eight minutes at the end, and he looked good. I talked to him uh, earlier this week, and he said that it felt great. He's been saying it's felt great for a week or two now, but then good. again, it <laughs> what, it, what you say feels great and what a doctor is comfortable yeah. is two different things, but I'm hoping that means we get to see him more. Again, I don't know where he will play or who he will replace, but mm-hmm. I was glad to see him at least. That was his first time he's ever stepped onto the pitch wearing a St. Louis FC jersey in a real game. So it was good to see without a doubt him yeah. back in playing in regular season. So he got his first minutes. Um, well, let's talk about that exactly. Let's talk about Cabal Seta and does he come in as a starter? in the next game or the next two games, if he feels 100% has been practicing with the team? What do you think? I think if everybody's healthy, he's a super sub, comes in in the 60th minute. But with everybody hurt, I think he will play just because of injuries. I don't think he's had enough time. Like if everybody was healthy, I don't think he would get in just because he's been out for so long. And it takes a little bit to get back into sh- I'm not saying he's out of shape, but it takes a little bit to get back in the flow, get hooked up with your teammates and everything. So I think he right. will play more out of necessity, more instead of Precky's need for, or want for him. Yeah, and I keep wondering, you know, we're about to talk about the defense in general. And, uh, you know, I've said it multiple times. Cabal has, to me, been the best center back on this team in preseason. Even against MLS teams, he's done really well. Um, and so I, I honestly think the coaching staff is pining for him to get on the pitch because I think a lot of us, and maybe this will be a good indicator of of how maybe bad or good our defense has been, um, is if he gets out there, he gets acclimated within a couple of games, and if all of a sudden our defense looks way better, then I think, you know, based on whoever he replaces, who that's kind of my biggest question is who do we think he replaces? But whoever he replaces, if the team really solidifies with Cabal back there uh, and then maybe even Plua in the next game, a couple of games, too, um, who knows who our starting center backs are at this point? Because because we haven't seen a consistent center back pairing when all four are healthy. Exactly. I I think he will start over Austin Ledbetter if he makes the trip to Florida. Mm -hmm. I think he will start over Austin Ledbetter. Um, I know we'll probably get to it, but I think Austin was the reason for one of the first goals. He took a huge risk and it didn't pan out. But so I think 
I don't know if Preki realizes that and is kind of do it just because, hey, you messed up, or if Eric's really that much better than him. But I, I'm feeling we'll kind of see AJ Cabaseta as our back two on Thursday. Yeah, I could see that too. And and I could even see Ledbetter coming in for AJ if we needed to move forward, you know, push forward a little harder. I could see that sort of thing happening. But because, um, you know, AJ's really, or sorry, um, Austin is really good with his feet. And so I oh, can see Oh, very much that. so. Um, okay. Well, let's talk about our defensive problems lately. Um, one thing is, you know, I'm not an expert, and so I'm not going to be able to sit here and, and, and analyze the entire game and figure out what our defensive problems are. But, um, you know, listening to the announcers, I've heard some things about, like, our offense pushes so hard forward at certain times that it stretches out our defense, and maybe we're not keeping our shape perfectly, even when, you know, our team is in possession, St. Louis has the ball, uh, what does our defensive shape look like while we're attacking with the ball? Is it still, say, there's a turnover, like in Charlotte, the first goal was caused by, I think, Guzman turned the ball over in the midfield, and they just countered on a, us. And right. Yeah, you know, It was like, it was in. You know, it was it was a good counter. We weren't organized, and it was just like, it was pretty easy to get that ball in there. One of the first things I ever heard, though, when, again, um, I wasn't huge into soccer before STLFC. STLFC kind of got me into soccer, but I didn't really know who Preki was at the beginning of all this. I mean, I knew who he was, but I never watched him play. I didn't watch Sacramento back when he won the cup with them. But everyone told me he plays a very heavily attacking, and I think he even said it at his thing, we... His biggest weakness is counterattacks. Because they push mm. forward so much, you're bound to get scored on. Um, forget who it was, but they told me that it's normally not a 2-0 game. It's normally a 2-1 because he goes, you're kind of... You <laughs> leave yourself open. Like you said, you push forward so much that one bad pass, it's a 3-on-2 the other way, and they're just playing tic-tac-toe back there against two defenders, which is hard when they're pushed up so far. Yeah, and I mean, that makes total sense because we've seen it all year long. Um, you know, we get caught in the counter. And so, um, you know, that's something else that we can maybe talk about with this defense is, you know, on, on the pro level, you know, they talk about every sport. Once you get the higher the level you get, the more the mistakes will cost you. You know, even say the Cardinals last year, we're talking about defensive mistakes and, you know, one defensive mistake can just ruin an entire game. And I think we saw that against Charlotte, especially where Charlotte went against them there. They made one defensive mistake and Angulo put it in the back of the net. But I mean, well, but I'd say our defense, too, is that, you know, we we I was going to talk about it later. We're just going to jump into it. We should have won that game against Charlotte. I think we, so. We were the better team. Yeah, we had it. Possession was being destroyed. We had so many chances to score compared to them. Um, we, we were, had sixty three percent possession that match. Yeah, I mean that's a ton. That's a ton. And and so yeah, we looked better the the most of the game. We had the most chances on goal, but two I would say two major mistakes. Uh, cost us the game and so I'd say that's a pro level sort of thing um, and, and and I guess perhaps like what you were saying they're gonna get one on us probably at some point oh, yeah. during the game no matter who we're playing it's gonna happen and so we let two in but we also weren't able to finish you know our chances like so. you and I were talking about before we came on I think if that was a 1-1 game or we were up by one um, and not for more. I think they scored in the ninth minute. We scored in the third. 
I think we would have won that game because we were definitely the better team. But when they got tied up real quick and then on the 26th they scored again, they knew they could just sit back, park the bus, and let us just unload in in a 50-50 game where they're both trying to score. I think we had the better team. We could have counterattacked them, and we would have done a lot better. But once they got up 2-1, a bottom, I think they were last place or second to last place, they saw three points and went, all we got to do is not let them score. <laughs> so, I mean. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, if you get ahead of a team that's at the top of the table and you're at the bottom of the table and you're away from home, I mean, who can blame them? You know, I, oh, right. the announcers were saying things like, you know, it's going to be a long season if these uh, if these guys start bunkering in the 60th minute. And, and they had a point, but they were away. You know, I mean, it's hard with all those variables. It's easy for us to come in and say, Charlotte, you suck. This is stupid. You bunkered super early. You know, and we said that we saw that against Tulsa last year. Oh, yeah. The first game against Tulsa, they came to St. Louis and they bunkered at the second half. I mean, it was the 45th minute, 46th minute. And they started bunkering like crazy. But it worked for them. It did. They got a draw <laughs> out of it, I think. Yeah. I don't think they won, but they went home with with a one point away and um, it worked for them. It and it worked for Charlotte even better. Oh, this yeah. Time, so. And to be honest, if we got up on Cincinnati 2-0 um, mm-hmm. and we started bunkering, I don't think that's in Precky style. But if we start bunkering, I would have been like, go for it. Let's do like, because yeah. if you can get three points, even one point on the road, I mean, yeah. how do you argue with that? It's yeah. not fun to watch, but. <laughs> well, I mean, even in Pittsburgh, when we played Pittsburgh, it was about the 65th minute or so that we started, you know, our version of bunkering. We didn't bunker all the way, but it, we, we did a lot of over the top, run it into the corner yes. and just sit with it. Yeah, we we definitely forced, you know, most guys back and then sh- picked our, our times to attack again. So, you know, everybody does it um, as much as I'd like to go off on Charlotte, not having the better game and not being the better team and, and bunkering. It's just the game. It's oh, yeah. it's the game we play um, in soccer for those three points. So, um, and home advantage is just so incredibly strong in soccer. And oh, I think it definitely is definitely in the USL, definitely in MLS. Even it's just so strong. Um, you know, usually when you're home, you're usually going to win. And then, oh yeah. And sometimes you draw at home, and you hardly ever lose at home. That's most teams in in Except soccer. Except for us last year. Yeah, well, that doesn't count. That doesn't count anymore. Um, Cool. So, you know, any last point I wanted to make about um, our defense is that our defense hasn't had a solidified starting back for ever. You know, we've always had at least a fullback out, at least a center back or two out. Like I said, from preseason on till now, we still haven't had um, a consistent center pack, center back pairing when all four we're healthy. So that's another thing is we haven't had consistency in the back. And then I also thought it was kind of funny. Uh, did you look at that lineup when it first came out against Charlotte? Uh, I, to be honest, I walked into the stadium early and I didn't even look at the starting lineup until 30 seconds before kickoff. <laughs> so, you know, I was I wasn't able to be there. And so I was just sitting there looking at tweets all night long until I could go home and watch it. But the um, the lineup came out and we had Dennis Amedovich, um playing. So basically the lineup was listed and everybody was listed according to their roster position, which is either a defense midfield or forward right? right and so we had uh dennis amedovich made the fifth midfielder right oh, okay or the fourth midfielder pardon me there were only three defenders listed and then there were three forwards listed because alvarez was listed as a forward oh, okay so i looked at this i was like oh my gosh 
does Precky ever play the 3-4-3? Are we playing 3-4-3 tonight? Right. And then, you know, I've been talking to the uh, Mongols guys about them playing the 3-4-3, and I was like, look, I never would have guessed it. We're playing 3-4-3. No. Uh, Medovic played uh, left back, and Alvarez played uh, right midfield. So, uh, I thought Alvarez looked good, though. Oh, yeah. I think if you, you know, he was definitely... The first time he played as a forward, I was like, he could easily play on the wing. Oh, yeah. Same with, I feel like him and Seth Rudolph are pretty similar players. You know? I don't know if I liked Max starting. I think he did a great job, but I think once everyone gets healthy, I don't think he has a starting job. Mm-hmm. I don't either. I, I, he's a su- super sub for sure. Oh, yeah. Even Seth, I'd rather obviously see him as a super sub too. I think like we talked about in the last podcast, I think it was, um, Seth, with his quickness, in the 60th minute against tired legs, he does great. Yeah. So I think Max can use his quickness and his footwork to do the same exact thing. Again, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think he's like Jordan Robert of last year. He can come in, yeah. score a couple goals, but I don't know if he'll ever be a full-time starter unless what? we have more issues with yeah. injuries. But one good thing about um, Alvarez is I really like his his corner kicks, his you know set-piece you know, kicks. He's a really good free kick taker. Oh, yeah. I think, at least I think. I, I'm, I'd be curious to hear a player say whether they like. Some people don't like it served in hard, or they liked it. Lo- they like it lobbed up over the top. And so I'm not sure what people like, but his accuracy. I know I can say his accuracy is really good. And I think if we had Milan, our bald headed wonder, in there with his height and his athleticism, yeah, I think our corner kicks would look a lot better um, on that aspect. So I think we miss. Having Max in there, you get the good serves in. Mm-hmm. But I think without Milan in there, you don't have that big, tall target to get it on Same frame. Same with Plua. I mean, exactly. I feel like every corner kick against Louisville was with was going at Plua. Oh, yeah, definitely. Everyone. So, um, yeah, so definitely those are two more things that, that we're missing there. And I also wanted to say that I I just really like our the way our team looks when Milan's on the field. I like it the best when it when he's there. I think it looks really good when we've got one guy pressing his mind, you know, just pressing oh, yeah. the back line like crazy, like Milan does, uh, working super hard and being a big body that can be that target forward too, while the other one is able to drift and just be a threat um, scoring the goals. I just think it works better that way. I've, I've always liked that better than even um, having Angulo and Valeski together up top. But I'm just. Angulo's been scoring goals though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have no complaints, honestly. I just, I love having Milan play. Oh, yeah. It's it's my favorite look. With oh, definitely. Up top for me personally. And honestly, I'd be really curious to hear what other people might think about that. So uh, if you hear this and you have an opinion on that, um, I would love to hear it. You know, tweet, a, tweet at us, uh, STL Soccer Report, or email stlsoccerreport at gmail.com. Uh, moving on, let's talk about our new player. We got a new guy, Tony Walls. Um he came in and I actually got some time in this game. I didn't expect to see him so I soon. I didn't either. I didn't even notice. Then again, once we got down 2-1, I started pacing and chain smoking cigarettes out back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, no, I didn't even notice that he was on the field until I think they said corner kick, Tony Walls, or I think I forget what they said, but they announced mm-hmm. his name. And I was like, oh. He got in. <laughs> yeah, and he went in for Guzman, um, which I missed seeing Guzman on the field immediately. Um, you know, I think a, we missed Dragon on the field more than Guzman. Well, I could have Ivan agree. and Dragon both out 
really leaves that midfield wide open. Yeah, and I feel like, honestly, I just feel like Guzman's the next player that's similar to those two, at least the next closest oh, yeah. thing that we have on a roster to those type of players uh, like Ivan and and uh, Stokov. But, um, you know, that was part of the reason I didn't like seeing Guzman go off because, man, the guy's fast and he pushes hard and is real physical um, in the midfield. But, um yeah, Walls, I don't know. I didn't get to see enough of him to, to judge at this point. Exactly. So we'll see what he looks like. And who knows how much training time he's gotten. Um, I heard some pretty strong opinions about him immediately, but I'm I'm going to wait before I even say okay. anything. I don't know. What do you think? Did you have an opinion? I To be honest, I didn't know who he was. I didn't know where he came from. I looked him up. Um, five goals and 61 appearances. He was drafted by the Chicago Fire in the second round of the supplemental draft. I think the 47th pick. But In 15, I think. In 15, but 14, again... 15. I, I don't know anything about him. I've never seen any highlight reels of him. I didn't Google him and see any YouTube videos. So, I mean, I'll let his play on the field yep. dictate how I feel about him. Yep. So we'll see. Uh, central midfielder can play central defensive midfielder, which actually that's what our central midfielders are. They're I think defensive. he was signed because of all of our injuries. I don't know if we would have picked him up if everybody was healthy. Yeah, I imagine. No offense to case. him or anything saying that he couldn't make this team. I'm just saying... In the words of Precky, we had no one else. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to keep bringing that back. Um, but that one other thing about Tony is that in 2015, he played for the Rhinos, who were the USL champs, and he was on that squad. Uh, Valeski was on the team but injured, I found out, because yes. I was claiming that one, and uh, Brendan Doherty uh, cl- corrected me on that one, actually. Uh, so anyway, we've got now three ex-Rochester Rhino players. we on got this Adam Grinwest, Tony Walls, and Christian Valeski. There we go. Uh, so we'll see how those rhinos do on our team. Um, I wanted to give like last several game MVP award because I was just watching the Charlotte game and the guy that was just impressing me the most and seems to be in the right place all the time, making plays, um, finding space um, is our right back slash left back West <laughs> Charpie. I thought he's played growth great on both sides. Um I like Wes, super nice guy. Um, he's got a lot of family coming. He's originally from Tampa, Clear, uh, Clearwater or Tarpon Springs. I forget which one. So he actually said he has a lot of family coming to the game in Orlando. But super nice guy. But I've been super impressed with his play for somebody that I didn't think was going to be a starter. I know. But he's been with Toronto <laughs> for the past two years. Been kind of quiet up there, been down here, and I thought he's been playing great so far. Yeah. If he can stay healthy, I think he found his position on the field. Oh, yeah. I think he's a constant starter from this point on, even you know when Sheldon comes back. Even I was going to say, I, I think he plays opposite of Sheldon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, um, you know, I did not give him enough credit early on in the season because he was just kind of there, but I feel like Precky was trying to push those young kids out there. You know, like Ryan Howe got a lot of playing time. Charpy got some. And then, obviously, Aiden Stanley got a lot of playing time. Um, and I so, haven't seen Aiden Stanley or any of them in a while. No, Aiden was on the bench those, for an away game. I want to say Pittsburgh. But is Aiden Stanley and Mateo Kidd and all those guys, didn't they go? Aren't they representing us in yes. Slovakia or oh, somewhere? Man. We got to we gotta mention that is that the under 20 or they're on the under 18s. And yeah, I think they're in Slovakia right now. And he's there. And um, Mar. Um, Park, or not Parker. Um, now I'm blanking on his first name. But he's also an academy sighting. Um, he's our third or fourth academy sighting. So um, Mar is down is there. In a second. So yeah, where are they? Is it Slovakia, Russia? Um, um, 
I'm pretty sure it's Slovakia. That's my guess. If I had to guess right this second. But Mateo Kidd's not with them. He's still Jack Marr. In Thank you, Jack Marr. Who's seen some time with the under-18s. Uh, not a ton of time. So it's really cool that he got called up. Uh, he's a center back. And so he's... I think he might even dabble as a holding midfielder. But uh, mostly a center back. And also Aiden plays as a center back too. Uh, so that'll be interesting actually. Um to see if he continues to play center back with the under 18s or get some time at left back there. Um, obviously he, he can do both. So uh, we'll see what happens there, but good luck to those guys in your tournament coming up here. I'm sure you'll be playing a lot of other, um, you know, national teams around Europe. there, uh, getting good experience uh, stuff that we can definitely use uh, later in the season. If, if these guys start picking up their uh, talent level and, and playing really well, um, I'm sure they'll get some time because Precky is not shying away from that. So, okay, cool. Let's move on. Let's talk about FC Cincinnati. Let's talk about that game. We pretty well covered Charlotte. We'll skip over that for now. But I want to start the conversation by, you know, I listened to this uh, Cincinnati soccer talk uh, this last episode. They were talking about what they did against St. Louis. And they came in, they changed their tactics against us. Um, that was the first game that they decided to use one defensive midfielder instead of two. They were playing the 4-2-3-1, and so they switched over, moved one of those defensive midfielders up the, the field a little bit, and so now they, I guess that means definitely they're playing the 4-1-4-1 at that point. So they had two more forward midfielders and only one holding mid to kind of help sweep uh, the defensive plays there. So they did that against us. So they had a different look against us and uh, they definitely felt like it worked. Um, one of the really good uh, center midfielders, I believe is bone uh, on that team who came from Louisville city last year. Um, he was being interviewed and he said that was part of the game plan is to do that against St. Louis. And also what they did is they clogged up the middle and they tried to press our attack in the midfield. You know, they pressed relatively high up. But, you know, the more I talk to these other teams to warn them about what St. Louis FC is like, I say, just watch the midfielders. You know, at that point, I was still talking about Stoikov and Mirkovic and Tyler David had dabbled at that point. And so I'm sitting here talking, saying, you know, everything St. Louis does revolves around those <laughs> midfielders pressing on defense and, and their ability to, to move the ball around as midfielders. And, um, you know, maybe Cincinnati thought the same thing to a certain extent and decided to try to try to negate those those players. And so let's just start off with that, that maybe that was part of the plan that really worked against us because we did look a little bit stagnant. I would love I don't know if you could go. That's what did it. That wasn't the play that won the game or the formation. I don't think I think a three games in seven days on top of all of our injuries, we look tired out there. Mm. I mean, people literally look tired. Um, so I think being on the road for six days straight with three games, I think that had something to do with it. a lot of injuries had something to do with it. And I think their formation exploited all of our weaknesses mm -hmm. and it worked out for them. Well, and, and when you're tired, you know, the, the announcers talked over and over and over about the extended wide pitch. And so, you know, Alan Koch, this is what Vancouver Whitecaps 2 did last year is they 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 push the ball up along the wings and they like to cross it into the middle. And so if you're going to play that way, what 
better striker to have than someone like GB, who is a giant man. He's oh, yeah. Six foot three. He's probably nearing 200 pounds, if not over it. Uh, I forgot his exact um, stats in that way. But I mean, and that's what they did to us. Mouthful of teeth. <laughs> yeah. Mouthful of teeth. Um, like you get in real close. If you don't know and you don't follow USL much, he, I don't know what Louisville player, um, he went in with one and a half foot. The ref saw it as two, gave him a straight red. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the Louisville players was not happy and decided to come up with Cleats them. up, yeah. And they got face to face in you see them both get real close and you see the Louisville player pull away very quickly. Yeah. And the camera then cuts to some guy in the crowd or whatever. But after the match, they said that he had a bite mark on him. So there's been controversy if he actually I mean, there's even a picture online. This is really good USL drama, by the way. I mean, and, and we're helping it out. We're oh, helping definitely. This, we're helping this soccer soap opera really, really get moving here. And uh, but yeah, I mean, there's a picture of him like minutes later and supposedly right around his beard line. There's like bite marks and you can't tell. I looked at the picture. I couldn't see a damn thing. But um, but yeah, GV got a, he got real close and was like talking crap in his ear real quiet and then he pulled away and then he got close again even closer like he was gonna kiss him and i you know he had to i think he bit him you don't make that stuff up nothing against the four goals he scored against us but i think he bit him i'm but that's you know that's the biting no that's not part of soccer but part of soccer there are a lot of guys that just go out there trying to upset the other team and i guess what he was doing he even tried the thing where he he bit him and then the guy gets mad and he pushes GB and GB's like, whoa, whoa, he pushed me. He oh, pushed right. me. And he tried to get the yellow card that way. So um, you he know. was already sent off with a straight red. But I think a lot of that was acting compared to. Oh, yeah. Now, I mean, it, he's just going to be one of those kind of players. He's a nuisance player. That's his yeah. job is to just annoy the other team and get in their head. But I mean, he's it's he's not the only one uh, i'm already forgetting their left back uh, but cincinnati they're emerging as like the bad boys of the usl right now oh definitely the team to hate for sure and did you know they had 23,000 fans at that game oh 23,000 that sounds like a whole lot sounds like something we should talk about constantly um a lot of people there yeah but USL. there we go um but yeah i mean they're the, uh, to me they're the team to hate and they've got some of those players that like to aggravate so i'm excited to see that part. match later in the year when hopefully everybody's healthy yes and we've gelled and i think it'll be a lot different result without a doubt and that's you know maybe that's something we can finish up on before we talk about the open cup is is that it's still super early and really we're fourth we're fourth in the, the East. The U.S. had us ranked is the fourth toughest schedule uh, through the first five games, and we're fourth or third. I mean, we're actually fourth, but goal, differential, goal differential has us um, in fourth, or else we'd be in third. The four-zero loss to since yeah. it did not help our goal differential, but I mean, we've looked great for a team that has never played together. Like we have three players from last year, a bunch of injuries, and we're fourth. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> Definitely take it. You know, and, and every team that we've played, you know, we've we've come out on top. Usually we had that draw against Louisville that should have been a loss, but we were able to defend our way out of that and maybe take advantage of, of, of Louisville not being able to finish, you know, give them some of that credit for sure. But, um, you know, this Charlotte game is really the first game that's really biting us because we, we should have won it and we did. They were bottom of the league. Yeah. And again, I'm still waiting to see us win 3-0. I mean, we yeah. have a 0-0 draw 
a 3-2 win, a 3-2 win, a 2-1 win over uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh River Hounds. A 4-0 loss and a 2-1 loss. Like, I'm waiting for us to win 3-0. I'm waiting for us to score in bunches. But, again, all of we have not had a game where we just won. And I sat back and went, this is great. So, well, and that is that is the worry that this team is going to be a team. We knew this coming in. We knew this is the the way it goes because we're a team that plays with heart. We're a fit team that pushes and, and plays hard the entire game, and that's why we're going to end up getting a lot of late wins, like the two, like the Fury game, and what was the other one we won late? Um, New York Red Bull. Thank team. you, Red Bulls too. So that's going to happen. But yeah, I think. Hopefully it's coming in the future as we mesh, as we get healthy, you know, we're supposed to be a bad starting team. So hopefully later we'll get those, those. Big and that's wins. what I'm waiting for. Yeah. But again, we're a slow starting team and we're in fourth place. So if that is the case, <laughs> oh, people, I'm not we upset leave, at all. Yeah, exactly. We should leave uh, this situation very happy with the way it's gone so far. So let's keep hoping for that strong finish. And, and we're going to look damn good uh, leaving uh, going into the playoffs here. Cool. That's a really bright note to, you know, two lost games. But um, I think that's the way we should look at it. Um, and let's move on to something fun to talk about. Um, U.S. Be- Open Cup. Is before so you get there. Fun. Oh, go for it. Do you know anything about Orlando City B? Do you, no. um, is there any? I was going to say, I haven't. They don't get much coverage just because of their being in the same stadium and everything as an MLS team. And to be honest, I don't follow them very much but yeah. i didn't know if you had any insider information on them no so when i went up to see orlando play st louis in their new stadium i i did hear a little bit they were having fullback problems at the time which i think they still are to a certain degree but um when they got really bad they lost four fullbacks they were playing with usl ocb fullbacks at that point and they were holding their own they weren't bad uh now they weren't you know you know, attacking, you know, really scary attacking fullbacks. They were doing their job and doing fine. Um, so um, that means I don't know if all USL teams can can brag and say that they could send their fullbacks up and have them compete on the MLS level to the degree that that those guys do. So they must be a pretty good team. Back when Louisville was under Orlando City, I know that was part of why they were so good because Orlando is a well-run team. Oh, very well. And, and they've done they've always done a good job bringing up good coaches and good players. So. Um Orlando City lost opening week to Tampa Bay Rowdies, then they lost 3-1 to Louisville City. They beat Toronto FC 2 3-1, 1-1 draw against Charlotte and a 3-1 against New York Red Bulls. 1-1 against Harrisburg and an 2-0 win against Bethlehem Steel. So I mean they've had ups, they've had downs. Yeah. I'm I think it's going to be a mixed bag of how this turns out on Thursday. Yeah, we'll I have, have to yet see. to see them win on the road. I've been to many away games since the start of this team. I have not seen a win on the road yet, so I'm hoping to break that streak and start now. Hey, Louisville City beat them on the road, right? Isn't that one of the ones you said? Yeah. Do, 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 yes. So I think we can do it. I think we're... What's the over-under attendance of that game? Whew. 
<laughs> not twenty three thousand. It's gonna be like a New York Red Bulls badge. My girlfriend um, does not follow soccer very much, and she said, "Dude, do we need to buy good seats?" And I said, "Nope." <laughs> no, you're gonna sit real close to the pitch. Oh yeah. Which the grass there is really nice. Actually, there's a huge joke. Everyone in Orlando likes to joke about their groundskeeper. Uh, and how great a guy he is, but how crazy he is about the grass. So, okay, yeah, we weren't allowed to touch the grass. I had, I got to wear one of those like cameraman bibs, bibs or whatever. Yeah, and so I went out there like, don't walk on the grass, don't touch the grass. I heard it multiple times. Oh, okay, and they pointed to the guy did, like that guy's gonna yell at you. <laughs> where did you sit for that? Uh, we sat right at uh, the half behind the, the bench or line. across the stadium from them. Uh, uh, behind the benches, okay. in, in between the two benches, actually, okay, in the front front section of the of the stands. I'm excited to see great. it. Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, things I'll be to look taking for over is the, like the wall. The okay, safe I standing is cool. I'll be taking over the Twitter account that day or Instagram and be posting some pictures Please from it. Do. So as much as you can, it's good stuff. Okay, cool. Now the Open Cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's my favorite. I love the Open Cup. I think it's it's awesome. I think any open tournament in any country is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, it's phenomenal. You get the guy over in England that ate pies at <laughs> halftime. I mean, it just shows, it lets the little guys show off. And I mean, can you imagine if we would have won against Sporting Kansas City? Like, that is one of top 10 greatest moments of my life. Again, yeah. I don't have kids and I'm not married, so I can say that. <laughs> um, but, I mean... It was awesome. It was great. We lost 1-0, still one of the best times of my life. Oh, yeah. Were can you, you there, too? Yeah, I was there. Yeah. I, I was right behind the drummers. But can you imagine if we would have won 1-0? No. I that, can't. Oh, that. <laughs> or on penalties. Like. Oh, yeah. Any, like, <laughs> I thought it couldn't get better when we beat an NASL team named I Minnesota know. United, who we knew was going to MLS. Right. In penalties, <laughs> probably in the top 10 also. So I think it's awesome to let, again, can you imagine if a MPSL team made it to the MLS round or. I hope and, it happens. But I can't uh, wait. Not against us. But, oh, yeah, but right. <laughs> it, it just is amazing to see a little guy yeah. play. Like Exactly. Again, it would have happened last year. We couldn't pull it off. But <laughs> Sporting Kansas City would have had to come to Worldwide Technology Park. Mm. Can you imagine an MLS team coming to a 5,500-seat <laughs> stadium? It doesn't get better than that. That would have been so much fun. I love it. Um, so, yeah, the teams we got to face, or at least one of these two teams, is FC Wichita and Azteca FC. Azteca's in the Colorado Premier League. I'm hoping that they win because then they come to us. <laughs> right, and we get to watch it. Right, but then again, I've also heard Wichita's pretty good. It's like an eight-hour drive. Southwest flies there for one hundred seven dollars. Oh, I may have looked bad. this up. <laughs> I love it. Only love part it. that I hate about Open Cup games is a they're on Wednesdays. Uh, you know what? Yeah, I agree with you. I'm probably gonna drive to that one because Wichita's oh, I will only too, but it doesn't mean I'll be like happy about it. Five hours away, six hours. No, it's like seven or eight. I thought. Oh, is it that far? Yeah. Well, I'm still gonna go. Oh, it's gonna be a drive. Yeah, I, I got I family. Everyone is family in Kansas City, so I'm gonna go probably stay with someone in Kansas City and just make the drive back that night. But uh, FC Wichita, you got you got to listen to Tornado Alley. Um, they had a podcast all about the Open Cup, and the first interview he does is with the owner of FC Wichita. Six and a half hours. Six and a half. I mean, that's doable. That's fine. That's doable. That's like Tulsa, right? Isn't Tulsa about yeah. six? Um, which obviously we're driving down to Tulsa, right? 
You going to Tulsa in what is it in August or something? Yeah, I mean, I'll go. Okay. I took a bus ride to OKC. That was eight hours of my life. I'll never get back. Yeah, it's not <laughs> it's not the prettiest drive, but uh, but yeah, NPSL, we'll take the show on the road to Tulsa. Yeah, we're I'm gonna down. do it. Uh, but Wichita is in the NPSL. Uh, listen to Tornado Alley because they're a really cool club. They just started last year and they already won uh, South Central um, Division in NPSL, scoring two and a half ga- goals per game. You that saw. was one of their like lead scorers was scoring two and a half goals per game oh that was that's, one that's guy. how i read it i was kind of far away from the screen when you had that up but either way that's still that's impressive still insane yeah yeah so uh, i don't know the competition they're playing against but i mean still that's still <laughs> impressive yeah well that i'm i'm kind of pulling for them to win just because i you know i have a heart for fourth division soccer and all the cool stuff that people can do and pull off with limited amounts of money. So that interview is really good. Go listen to that on Tornado Alley podcast. It's one of the beautiful game network uh, podcasts. And um, hopefully if they win, uh, we'll be going to them and I'll definitely try to use that connection to try to talk to him myself. And we can talk. That would about be it what? May 15th. Uh, I could be wrong. One I, second. I have it pulled up. Not sure. But then it literally goes week to week to week. Yeah. Um, so their game is, I just had it up. It's right here. All right. So we play them May 17th, which then puts their game, if you do want to follow along to see who we're going to be playing, would put their game at May 10th. Um, Again, you can follow along U.S. Open Cup on uh, Twitter and uh, Facebook. They normally post a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But again, I'll probably be watching both those games just to see. I don't know if they're on the same time, but if I can, just to see who we're going to be playing. Definitely. Good. Uh, Good stuff. We are going to call it right there. So I am, we're only, yeah, we're at 40 minutes. I'm going to put that interview up here in a second right after this. So hang with us after this break. You'll hear me talking to Ivan Mirkovic and Sebastian Delgard all the way in preseason at IMG Academy in Florida. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Have a good night. I'm joined here. We're at IMG Academy in a little side room in the cafeteria. I'm with, uh, I'm going to say your name. Say your name for me real quick. Ivan Mirkovic. Ivan Mirkovic. I'll do my best with that one. And Sebastian Delgard. Say your last name for me better, right? Sebastian Delgol. Oh, wow. I was way off. <laughs> no, that's good. That's the English pronunciation. Delgol. 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 I like that. Delgol. That's actually awesome. Great. Well, thank you guys for joining me today. Um, I'm down here in preseason just to kind of watch you guys and get a hold of of what the team looks like. And I wanted to kind of get to know you guys a little bit better. We have a lot of guys to catch up on because you're the only, you know, there's only two or three that were here last year. So thank you for joining me. Um, Let's just start talking about you guys kind of run down your history is very quickly, actually. Yvonne, let's start with you. Um, You came to the U.S. Actually, no, let's just do this for both of you. Why did you both decide to come to the U.S.? Sebastian, you've played in Denmark for what two or three years before, and you played one year in um, in pardon me in Serbia. 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 Thank you. Um, Sebastian, yeah, what was I, the I, reason you came here in the first place? Well, I played in in Denmark since I was five. Oh wow. But yeah, but uh, I signed uh, my first contract there too when I was sixteen. So I played there for for a while in Denmark. Um, but it was just. 
Denmark is a, is, a, is a small country and when Jimmy Nielsen, the coach from Oklahoma City, he called me up and wanted me to go to, yeah, to Oklahoma City and play there in America. It was just it was a new adventure for me and I just, I just really wanted something new because you know every player in Denmark, you play against everyone all the time because it's, mm. it's so small. Yeah. You've been to every stadium there and there's nothing new about it so I just wanted that adventure and like try that out. Very cool. And how did he find you? Just videos and... Uh, I actually don't know. I think there was like uh, some some scouts and he talked to a lot of people in Denmark all the time to like figure out if there's like players in Denmark mm -hmm. like worth to take over. And I think that's like he talked to some, some scouts and like some coaches and stuff and he asked about me and uh, they, they said some good things about me and he wanted me over. That's great. Ivan, how about you? Uh, you know, did you start as a young kid in Serbia? Probably? Yeah, yeah, I started when I was probably 10, a little bit later, but I used to play before that with my friends on the streets and stuff like that. And then I played all my youth in Serbia, and then I played a couple more years, second and third division there. Mm -hmm. But then that was all like semi-pro. I never signed up control with the first team division so at that time I was just thinking what's my options and I decided to come to US to approach my education through soccer and in 2010 I came over in a small junior, junior college in California Oxnard College mm -hmm. I spent three semesters there after that I transferred to Fresno Pacific which is another small private school and I stayed there. I played there two more years, and after that, I signed with uh, Sacramento, where Preki was coaching. Right. That so, time. so when you came over, is that more to play soccer, to get an education? What was kind of higher on your list? Well, at that moment, I was a little bit frustrated because I didn't sign pro country in Serbia, and I couldn't get through get into uh, pro soccer so I was more thinking about my education so I was thinking all right I'll get my education through soccer get my school paid off and I wasn't thinking about playing professional but then I came here and I realized that everything is possible in the US and then again I played I was pretty lucky because I came in a place where uh, there was a PDL team, Ventura County Fusion, mm -hmm. one of the best PDL teams in the country, and I got got to play against Manchester City my first first year. So I came playing third division in Serbia hmm. one summer, and next summer I was playing against Man uh, Manchester City. So in that moment I realized, oh, why not? Maybe I can still play professional, but let me get my school first, get my education. Yeah, that's actually really cool. A little bit more opportunity in the U.S. in yes. your circumstance. Yes. That's not yes. always the case. Um, but, you know, from that point on, you found Preki or Preki found you probably. Do you know how he found you? Uh, well, it's interesting that everything kind of, once I came to the U.S., everything kind of clicked somehow. The, because I came in a place in a city with junior coach, 
at same city had a PDL team. That PD, uh, GM of that PDL team became a general manager in Sacramento, mm. and he knew me from a PDL team, and he brought Preki to one of the tryouts where I was, and he recommended me. So Preki invited me to preseason, and after a week, he told me that he wants to sign me. Mm -hmm. So everything kind of clicked somehow. Yeah, so Sebastian, how did you, when you, well, both of you, when you decided to come to St. Louis, was Peck Precky part of that that reason, <coughs> or was it other things? Yeah, he was a big reason for me to come here, because uh, I know St. Louis was like second to last, the last <laughs> two years and last and something like that. Um, so yeah, he, Precky called me up too and, and said that like he wanted me to, to come to St. Louis and stuff, so. That was, uh, that was like the main factor for me to come here, mm -hmm. try to work with uh, like a, a winning coach. So Yeah, and Yvonne, I mean, you've spent most of your professional career in the United States is with Preki. Yeah. It seemed like you were one of his kind of go-tos, early signings. You both were pretty early, but I mean, it seems like he went straight to you. Um, it almost seems too like the system he runs needs a player exactly like you. Can you talk about your playing style yeah. and how that suits Preki's system maybe? Yeah, well, since Preki left Sacramento in 2015, uh, I always want to pay, play for him again. So when he took before he officially took a job in St. Louis, I knew what's going on and I was like, I want to I wanna play for him again. and. Uh, I was glad that club wanted me as well. So we we negotiating was pretty quick. We were done for a day or sure. two, and after that, I was I was ready to come and play for Preki. I wanted to play his style, uh, where we will possess the ball a lot and attacking style without defending too much. Well, you you defend, but you defend with the ball. So I, I wanted that. I wanted to enjoy soccer again. And that, that was big part of why I decided to come to St. Louis. Yeah. Now, I don't know if it's Preki's system, whether it's Preki's system or if it's just your playing style, Sebastian, but it looks like you have a lot of freedom on the field. I don't know if that's because he sets you loose or not, or if it's just you are able to do that and you're dangerous that way, obviously. Um, can you talk about that and, and your positioning even on the wing and, and yesterday you were one of the two strikers it seemed like um, Talk to me about that about yeah, there's, there's no lying. I mean, I like being attacking more than I like defend defending mm -hmm. um, and it just Comes good with with Preki being here too. Like he he likes to to have the ball a lot and like attack um, and yeah, he like gives me like opportunity to just go wherever I want on the field and, and get the ball all the time so yeah it was interesting to watch you play Orlando yesterday uh, now I'm not drawing a straight line comparison here but it was interesting to watch Kaka come way back for the ball sometimes he's defending way back in his own third and I saw you kind of doing the same thing kind of going back and just following the play wherever it is so is that kind of an okay comparison kind of? <laughs> Yeah. Do you look up? Do you maybe the better yeah. question is: Do you look up to the, his style of play? And yeah, kind of see I'm, a I'm a I'm a I've always been a Real Madrid fan, so I always liked, I uh, always loved Kaká and mm -hmm. watched him play. So, yeah, very cool. Well, Ivan, I want to ask you a little bit. It sounds like I don't know if it's official or if we can even assume that at this point. Have you been talked to about becoming the captain this year, or is that up in the air still? 
I think it's still up, up okay. in the air. There is enough leaders on the team. Sure. So I was just given uh, that privilege to be captain last two games, but nothing official. Mm -hmm. Well, can you tell me about like you were you were a captain for Sacramento as well, right? At yeah, times. Yeah. Well, I was I was third captain in Sacramento. Oh, okay. For first two years and third year I was I was a captain then I moved to Aussie Blues and I was captain there so we'll see yeah well if that's the case can you talk about maybe what it's like to be a captain and what do you see yourself doing as a captain or is it just more of a title uh, I, I feel <coughs> I feel like anybody else on the field yeah I have the band but I still have to run, I still have to defend and give everything I have. There's no privilege being captain. It's an honor, but not not privilege at all. I, think. I will just say, even if you don't have the armband, you said there's a lot of leaders. I do hear you talking a lot, I hear uh, Devola talking a lot, and uh, it seems like the team has several leaders, and it's definitely good to have you in the midfield there uh, for many reasons. Uh, but let's just finish up. Let's kind of tell me about the week that we've had here, the week and a half of preseason. Um, Ivan, let's start with you. Like, how do you feel it's it's going so far? It's going it's going good since we got here. The atmosphere on the team has been tremendous, and I think the uh, work that we put in it has been pretty high. Uh, so far, we have played three games, and I think we have grown from game to game, and it's getting better from each game, so it will take some time for us to gel. It's 20-something new players, so we still have to work on some things, communication and all that, but they will, they will come with the games and we still have a month of preseason, so we still have time. But I'm happy in the way the team is gelling together and it should be a good season. I'm excited for it. Definitely. Sebastian, how are you feeling about the week? Yeah, it's been a good week. Um, got a lot of minutes played, and we just got to be patient with the playing style and the brand new group of players. Because we, I mean, we're going to make some mistakes in the beginning. It's going to cost some goals, but mm -hmm. if we all just stay together and are patient, we, we're going to win a lot of games on it, too. So It's been a good opportunity to play these MLS squads. I know you've both probably played an MLS team before, and you said Manchester yeah. City as well, but what was that like, Ivan? You mean Manchester City? Or Did you say Man No, tell me about the last, MLS. like, oh, last, United oh, yeah. did in Orlando. It, it was good, it was good. Uh, it was my, it was most of our, us, that was our first game in probably three months, yeah. three, four months. So it was a tough opponent for a first game, but, you know, good challenge for all of us. And I think the, we played better than uh, against Orlando City mm -hmm. on a great, great stadium. So that was that was exciting. I think we are getting better and get better from each game. Just not just playing wise, but just communicating and knowing each other better. So I'm 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 happy in the way things are going so far. Cool. Well, last question for Sebastian. What is the most memorable thing in those two games for you, or the thing that you took the most out of it? I, I mean, it was a big experience for me to play to play like share the same field as Kaká. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's always been like an idol for me. So, and the world's best player before Messi and Cristiano. So, 
Yeah. That was big for me. It's just been it's been a nice uh, trip to Florida, just hanging out with all the guys and playing some soccer. Like it's, it's been fun to play because of the style we have. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you guys are itching to get out of here, Sebastian. You're going to the beach. <laughs> yeah. One Hopefully. last beach visit Hopefully, before yeah. you go to the Midwest. So, yeah. thank you guys for talking to me and thank have you. a good time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the STL Soccer Report, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, BGN.FM, and STLSoccerReport.com. If you have any questions you'd like read on air, please send them to STLSoccerReport at gmail.com. That'll go, that'll go, that'll go, that'll go, that'll go.